and welcome back to the Sports Mill Podcast. It is so good to be with you once again today. For the first time ever, I have two new guests, Alexander Newman and Charlie Cook, two of my closest friends, and we're going to be talking about something I have not talked about yet on this podcast. A lot of you have actually asked me about my logo and that there's a strange basket on there that you don't know what it is. And it's actually a sport that a lot of people don't know about, but hopefully is becoming more mainstream, and that's what we're going to talk about today, and that is disc golf. And I recently have gotten into it, although I guess it's been about a year and a half now. Alexander and Charlie, I think, have been into it a little longer than me. And so what I want to do today is we're first just going to introduce it, talk about what the sport is, why we love it, why we like playing it. If you want to play it, how to get better. And then we are actually going to talk about and introduce what the Pro Tour is like in the disc golf world. So welcome, Alexander and Charlie. Let's start by just talking about how you got into disc golf uh, and how you're introduced to it. Uh, hi, 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 audience. I'm Alexander. Um, <clears throat> I got into disc golf because I was a big ultimate frisbee player when I was in high school and in college. Uh, so then some people were like, oh, you're really good at throwing this disc. How about you come and throw this disc instead for a little bit? Uh, so I, I started playing in college, even though I would say I had no idea what was going on and didn't understand discs. I didn't understand shot, shot shapes and all that type of stuff. Uh, when I moved to Alabama and I didn't have really a community of people to play ultimate with, that's really when it kind of became uh, a bigger thing for me where I was able to still go out, get some exercise, and I learned a lot about it. Just didn't, I mean, since you started playing, I've learned a lot more about the sport. So, yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Charlie, uh, listeners. Um, yeah, so I, I started playing in college as well. Uh, and it was actually in my, I guess it was my senior year or first year of grad school. I had a friend here named Ben Holloway. Shout out to Ben. Um, he was like, we need to go play some disc golf sometime. And I'd heard of it before. I'd never played it. And I'd seen some courses around Athens where I'm from. Uh, and so he had a few discs. He let me try out for the first time. And I was like, I, I played it once and I was like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> so I bought a end of a starter pack on Amazon and Played a few more times that year, and then once uh, COVID hit, it, I, you know, we actually started going a good bit. And then we had a little group from Northwood. We all kind of started playing together, and so it just kind of took off from there. Yeah, I mean, that's my story as well. Is um, you know, my uncle, y'all both know Seth, has always played, and he always said, you know, as a kid, yeah, you need to come play with me. But I just never really, you know, going through high school, you're like, I want to stick to the sports that I know. And then, of course, with COVID, we couldn't really do any of that. So, yeah, getting outside and playing disc golf, that's how I got into it. And obviously, we know we played as a group. Um, But, I mean, getting into, you know, talking about what the sport is, I think, you know, I mean, I had to get over this misnomer myself that disc golf is kind of like a a fake sport, if you will. Like, it's just something you do for fun, but you can't really get serious into it. And the people who play it aren't really serious athletes. And obviously... I've changed my opinion on that a big time as we've gotten into it. And that's kind of why I want to talk about it. Um, because, you know, we, we compare it. I think the closest kind of talking about, we'll explain what it is, is it's like golf. You know, you have 18 holes. Um, you know, you, you keep your score just like you would in golf. There's birdies, there's bogeys. But obviously it's played a lot differently in the sense of that you're throwing a disc towards a basket that has chains and you got to get the disc to stay in the basket. Um and so, yeah, it is a lot like golf, but at the same time, it's a lot different. And I think what makes it appealing to me, and this is what we can kind of start talking about how the how the sport is, 
is that, you know, it's not just an like ultimate Frisbee where you're going out there and you're throwing one Frisbee and, you know, you throw the same way every time. It's like golf and where you're having to control your body to actually throw a specific shot. And it's really technical. Like it, you have to be very athletic and coordinated with your body um, to do that. And so that's what I find really interesting and what I, I would encourage people to go throw this disc because it's not like playing ultimate. It's a completely different sport. So let's talk about, you know, how I guess, I you know, for for what I want y'all's input on is telling people, you know, how, it, how interesting it was to kind of learn about the disc and how to play the sport. Yeah. Oh, it's so for me coming out of ultimate, I still have a lot of tendencies from that sport that I'm still work, trying to work out of my game. Uh, as I, I don't want to completely abandon ultimate, but I love disc golf and I really try to put a lot of effort into it. Um, as you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of perception around disc golf is like, you know, this is where you kind of just go. It's almost like bowling. Like you just kind of, yeah. you, you <laughs> bring a hot dog and whatever else. You just kind of hang out. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So like, so, it's not very official. It's like, exactly. a, like, more like you're having like a, a get together instead yeah, of playing yeah. a sport. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have the history that golf has behind it. You're not paying $40 to go and play and all that stuff. But people like the since the sport has grown, especially so much now, people are seeing that there is a lot of professional uh, aspects to the game. And even for extreme amateurs like us, it's just uh, you are learning about the technicality of the sport. You're learning about how to, as you've mentioned already, controlling your body, controlling your shots, um, learning the importance of form and discipline, all that stuff. So uh, I think even for when you're younger or am an amateur in the sport, uh, there's there's plenty to learn, there's, uh, especially about just bodily disciplines. And, right. Uh, yeah, I definitely have heard a lot of the uh, the stigma that surrounds disc golf for sure. Um, but I was a big like I played golf in high school. Um, I had to have surgery. I couldn't play baseball my junior and senior year of high school, so I switched to golf. So I was like really into golf, and it was great because golf was free in high school because our <laughs> our school bought us memberships. And then I got to college, and golf was no longer free. And I couldn't afford to play golf anymore. Uh, and so <clears throat> I really, I, I was missing that kind of spot in my life. Like I had like a, a like a weird gap there of where I, did, I could, didn't really have anything like that. And so like when it first presented itself, I mean, I pretty much, you know, I, I fell in love with it straight up. I, I never really got caught up in the stigma that surrounded it. I don't really necessarily think I did. And I didn't have like a background from Ultimate or anything. It, for me, it was just my background in golf, and it just kind of pushed me into that. It was like, oh, it's like golf, but free. Well, not free, <laughs> but sort of free. All you need yeah. is discs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Go ahead. Oh no, but yeah, it's uh, that's what that's what really got me into it. Was just kind of that missing golf and, and being able to fill that with disc golf, and then um, being able to kind of progress in that and, and get better at it. I've really just enjoyed it. So. I know I haven't played golf now in a long time. <laughs> right. And yeah, that's that's what I think the interesting thing is. It's like you said, it's almost like disc golf is like a a watered down version of golf for people who can't play it. And that's definitely kind of the stigma I had coming into it because I played golf as well. And I've, I still love golf watching it. But I think what has really gotten me sold on disc golf is that it's a completely different sport. Yeah. And there's so much difference to it compared to playing golf. And, you know, speaking about what a course is like, and I think this is people, I mean, we, we deal with this when we go play 
is that people just kind of see baskets out on in a random field and are like, what, what is this? This seems so stupid until you go look at like, you know, how a tee pad is and how the hole shape. And that's also what I think is the great thing about disc golf, like unlike golf, is that, you know, you can put a course anywhere and it's, it gives you the ability to create holes and, and create a course where you can play in a wide open field or you can play, you know, what I prefer. And I think most people do who are into the sport, you can create some really cool holes in the woods or anywhere in nature. It, it's unlimited. And that's unlike any other sport because most things are obviously played in an arena in a stadium where it's a very controlled environment. Whereas with disc golf, you're, you want to use like literally anything that, that nature has to offer. And I think that's what's, what's really cool about, about playing courses. Um, and I know both of you have probably gotten to play a lot more, maybe courses that I haven't gotten to yet, but I know Alexander, especially for you're, you're really into nature anyways and, and, and things like that. So, I mean, like that's another cool thing about disc golf is that it's not just a sport that you're playing, but it, it gives you a chance to add in activity as well. For sure. Actually, there's a tournament that's held North of us in Jasper every year where they literally close down, they shut down downtown Jasper and like around the city square, they put up a course literally in the city streets on the courthouse steps. It's like what you were talking about. You can literally put a course anywhere. You can actually put a course anywhere, yeah. even in the middle of a city. Like people yeah. set baskets up in their houses and will like put inside. Like I have one in my backyard. You can move it around. Like it's great because it didn't take up. A, it's it's got a very low footprint. Yeah. When compared to other sports, um, especially like golf, where you have to have a ton of land, way spread out. A lot of maintenance required and stuff like that versus disc golf. It's like you don't even want to do maintenance because trees and stuff like that makes it more challenging. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's something like beautiful about having like a hole through woods and then just a basket at the end of it. And, And that's what's so cool is that in golf, you know, you have to learn how to shape shots. But in disc golf, you have to see it match a disc and be able to fit it through you know, wherever the obstacles you're trying to get around. That's another really cool thing about it is you have to figure out not only how to throw different shots and get to the distance of different things, but then you get to use different discs. So it's, I mean, there's a lot more complexity to it than people think. And I think anyone who starts playing learns that very quickly. Um, And that's what's so interesting about it. And that's what I kind of do want to talk about. You know, it's not just throwing, you know, you know, Alexander talked about throwing ultimate and that's what, a lot of people have, I think, the idea of when they throw a Frisbee is that, oh, it's just a, a Frisbee that, that glides or whatever. And disc golf discs are completely different. And that's the first thing. is that You you can throw with a Frisbee to play, but obviously it's a lot different, uh, the actual disc golf disc compared to Frisbees. And, you know, I'll let y'all actually, I, I talk, I've talked a lot, but, you know, it, it was kind of explain, I guess, you know, what discs are and how that does compare to golf. And, and the different types of discs that we have to throw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my first experience, like uh, if I'm talking about my first disc golf disc experience, I was playing, I saw these kids throwing this disc and my default reaction as an alternate player was to get in between it and catch it and uh, you know show my dominance. Instant and pain. It was the worst feeling. <laughs> like I thought I had broken Instant my hand. <laughs> uh, so if you're coming from ultimate, the disc, uh, the discs are a lot heavier, um, and they're the the pr- plastic is a lot firmer. 
um, the sharper depending sharp, on the yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's not a blunt edge, or no. I guess it would be. Yeah, some of them putters would be, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, when you get above that, ooh, I caught a distance driver one time. It's not fun. Brutal. So yeah. there, there's four discs in particular. You have your putters, which, as we've mentioned, they're more blunted on the ends, uh, so that it catches in the chains in those baskets yeah. that you've seen. It's more like an ultimate lid, just yes. shrunk yeah. down. If you if you don't know it. That's about just picture like a typical frisbee in your mind and shrink it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what a putter is. And then pretty much as you go to a faster speed, which is just how how fast you need to throw the disc to get it up to how it's going to fly correctly. You have the mid-range, which is slightly sharper. Um, they're going to fly a bit further. Then you're going to have your drivers or, or fairway drivers. You use fairways. And those are those are decently sharp, but then as Charlie mentioned, the distance drivers are extremely sharp and pretty flat, so they're gonna they can carry, and the pros can throw those 700, 800 feet. So it's all yeah. about aerodynamics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know the discs, they're not meant to fly like ultimate frisbee disc, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll kind of get into this when we talk about you know like kind of tips for what what we would suggest to do, but. Um, in that sense, it is like golf where each step up is a different type of shot. Whereas like with a putter, you're not having to throw as hard. And, and this is where we kind of get into this is that each disc is made differently to fly at a different speed. So if you throw a, a putter a certain speed, it's going to go its intended flight. But if you try to throw a distance driver that same speed it's not going to go as far because it's made differently. The stability is different. And I know it's kind of a hard complex to see without, I guess, without seeing it. But I guess I just say this, you can't hit your pitching wedge as far as you can your driver. And because they're not made to go the same, no matter how hard you swing with your pitching wedge, it's not meant to go the same as the driver. And in the same way, you don't have the control you do with your distance driver or with a driver as you would a wedge. Um, And so that's what's so interesting, I think, that I really fell in love with quickly about disc golf is that you get to pick all these different discs that would match what you want to throw. And then not only is there like, you know, you have your putter that goes a certain distance. If you want to throw a little farther, you throw a mid range farther fairway, most distance. It's that they each do different things in their flight. And this is where, you know, I kind of want to go next is that each disc, when you throw it is supposed to fly different ways. So if you're a right-handed backhand player, you know, um, when you throw a Frisbee, it might, or this is kind of going to be hard to explain, but there's things called overstable and understable. And when you throw an overstable disc, you throw the Frisbee and it's like a normal, I guess what we call ultimate, it finishes to the left and an understable disc will finish to the right. And so what's cool is that, you know, in, in golf, you have one club that you kind of just have to, you hit straight. And then if you have to learn how to position your body, to hit it left to right. Whereas in disc golf, the disc is what does the work based on how it's made. Um, and so, you know, that's something that is really interesting is that you get to pick your own disc to fit that slot. And I know we, we've all kind of gone through that process of trying to do that. And obviously you throw different discs based on what your, your arm speed is. Um, and so, you know, I, I guess I don't really have a question here, but just, you know, any other, any further explanation on, on y'all as, as to, kind of what the, the, the differences is are in disc and, and you know like how what that means when you're going to throw them. Yeah. Uh you have Yeah, so there's when you look at a disc golf disc, there's there's four aspects to the disc when you when you look at one. There's speed, glide, turn, and fade. 
Uh, and pretty much every disc golf company now at this point uses uh, what's called like a four number system to describe their discs where each one of those characteristics has a number given to it. So where you have like the speed of the disc is usually the first number and it's going to typically be anywhere from one to five or not one to five, one to 14, I guess is probably the highest I've ever seen one. Um, One to 12, you find probably the most. There's some 13s and 14s that are out there. Um, Glide of the disc is probably going to be anywhere from one to six. Some companies will usually get up to the six and glide. Uh, Then you have turn, which is usually anywhere from negative three negative three to like zero maybe one maybe positive one and then fade would be anywhere from like four to negative two or something like that um so basically each one of those things describes how a disc is going to fall so speed is you can kind of think about how like how far a disc is going to go it's how far a disc is really kind of supposed to go because the speed is how how fast your arm is supposed to move with the disc. So like, if you think of it that way, the the faster your arm's moving, the faster the disc is going to be going, the further it's probably going to fly. So a higher speed disc, like a a 12 speed, is supposed to fly further than like a one speed, which would be more like a putter. Glide is just how long it wants to stay in the air for. So a disc with a glide of five is going to want to just keep going. A disc with a glide of one is going to want to fall out of the sky pretty quickly. Um, turn is basically how much the disc resists its natural flight pattern. So like typically, like you said, for a right-handed backhand player, which means for those of you that don't know, I mean, basically when you just go out and throw a Frisbee, just regular, like if you're right-handed and you just go throw a Frisbee, um, that disc is going to want to finish to the left and the turn is going to be how much that disc wants to resist that turn. And then your fade is how much it actually is going to fly that kind of natural flight. So some discs want to go really far to the left. Some discs want to go really far to the right. Um, it just kind of depends on the, the shape of the disc, the way that it appro- like the angle of the disc uh, approaches the wind coming on, like kind of like the angle of attack or angle of approach in aerospace words. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of each disc, like you were saying, it has its own unique characteristics in the way that it's designed to fly. And so... Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like you're saying with golf, you know, you pretty much have a fixed club and then you change your swing to kind of achieve the flight that you want out of that ball, whether you want it to fade or, or whether whether you want it to push right um, with a disc golf disc, you can you can almost get away with. And there's some people that do this just having one swing, one throw motion, and then just having different discs that are designed to fly differently out of that. Um, once you get deeper into it, you know, you can change your throwing characteristics to change the flights as well. If you want to get into that, but just kind of in basic intro terms, right? You have different discs to be able to achieve different flights. So I actually have a disc called the Latitude 64 Beetle, which I know you've seen before. It is literally an ultimate, uh, disc lid or ultimate lid that has been slightly shrunk down to be a disc golf and it's pdga approved so like you can actually throw it in disc golf but it is actually an ultimate frisbee so it's pretty cool it flies just like an ultimate frisbee would so yeah that's a fun one but yeah alexander you got got anything or yeah well the other thing i was gonna talk about was you know what what's called field work and basically you go out to the field and you throw your discs because as charlie mentioned that we have these four numbers and they're helpful but sometimes the discs don't really fly the way that the numbers you know would 
or and you don't you don't know that you don't know how this disc is going to fly. So you go out there and you practice with how this is supposed to look, how it's going to look. Where does this disc fit in your bag? Where what type of shot are you going to use for that? So it's sometimes you just need to go out to a big field and see what is this going to do? How is this going to help my game? Yeah, so. the best way to learn the numbers is to throw them. Yeah, like said for so. sure. It's hard. It's hard to talk about. It's easier once you can see it, like uh, either on paper or actually see it fly yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I think people don't. Well, I mean, if you haven't played, you're not going to know. But we know because we've played it. But you know, each disc is made differently to fit those flights. Like there's different things that you look for, different way the disc feels, and obviously, like we said, between the differences with with putter to mid range to driver. You know, it gets narrower. It's a, it's a different feel and, and things like that. And so, you know, you have to kind of learn, I guess, how to throw those different types of discs. And I think, you know, what people need to know is so cool about disc golf is that, like we were talking about in golf, there's like a standard of, you know, yeah, there's different, there's different companies and brands, but um, you hit the same clubs and everything is called the same. And disc golf, you get to customize. It really is in this way, I guess, kind of more like a a fake sport. But if and I'm just saying that because it's like you're collecting trading cards or something. Like you get to go and completely choose whatever disc you want to throw. And that's also the great thing about it is that there's not one size fits all. You know, you can you can look up whatever you want, and and obviously. Um, you know, I would suggest that there's there's a bunch of retailers that you can go. Infinite Disc will tell you all these discs, all the different brands, and we'll kind of talk about that as well. Is that you know there's so many different brands out there and that you can pick from. It's not like you know you have to be brand specific like in golf either, which not everybody is. But you can go pick and choose exactly how you want your bag made, exactly the disc that you want in there, and it's you know it, you can have access to it even if you have no clue what you're doing. And anybody can buy the same disc that the pros are using. Uh, and, and that's what's really cool about it is is that, you know, it, it has the same access to everyone. Um, and, you know, there there are so many different ways that you can you can have access to, to disc and things like that. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, what's the most interesting thing to me has been about disc golf is that everything, it's really up to you how you want to play. You know, and Alexander has kind of talked about this, is that you don't have to be able to throw a distance driver or a fairway driver to play disc golf. Anybody can go out there with a putter or a mid-range or throw, and it's really just what you prefer and what your preference is. And so that's what's nice is that it's, it, you know, I've never had anybody who doesn't have fun throwing a disc. And so that's that's what's really I would encourage people to go do is that as you get better and, and you get to, you know, pick up more and more discs, you can play at any level and, and still have a lot of fun doing it. I think we've all experienced that as we started to play. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because when I first started, I'm a very competitive person. So usually when I get into a sport, like I want to be good at that sport. I don't want to just be mediocre or below. Like I actually want to get good at something. Um, and so when I first started playing, I had no idea like what a good disc golf like score or throw or anything should be. So when I'm playing like by myself, like to begin with, like, I'm like, man, like, I, I guess I'm doing okay. Like, I don't really know. I'm just having fun, whatever. Um, shooting like 16, 17 over par. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think that's good, but I don't really know. 
Uh, and then I remember starting to like actually look at like pro tour stuff like that and seeing what they're shooting. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I'm not good. The courses that are way harder. Yeah. I was like, Oh, yeah. never mind. I was like, well, I should be doing a lot better. But for some people, you know, like you're saying, right. You just want to pick up a disc, go out and throw around like, and just, just do that. Right. If, if you have fun doing that, man, just go out enjoy nature, get out. And I've met people like in the last few years of playing like that. That's just all they're out there doing, man. They've been playing for six, seven years. I mean, and from my perspective, they're not very good, but in their like in their eye, they're having a ton of fun, man. And I respect that. You just go out and have fun. So, yeah. And it really is like it's up to you how much you want to, you know, get into it. Like yep. you can throw with one disc and have a lot of success, or you can do like we've done obviously and have a full bag where you have a disc that goes left, a disc that goes right, a disc you can backhand, a disc you can forehand, which we haven't talked about that, but forehanding is like almost throwing a disc. For those who play ultimate, you know what it is too, but you're throwing it like you're throwing a baseball almost. And so you get to choose, you know, do I want to have all these different discs or do I want to not have as many discs? And so it's really up to your discretion about how you want to go up about to your that. pocketbook yeah exactly <laughs> how and that's much what, money you want to spend <laughs> that's a good segue into kind of what we're taught what i want to talk about because we can't really obviously visualize make people visualize what it is unless they play but i do want to you know say that it's gotten big like disc golf people are getting into it and it, you know just to to shed some statistics here to show i'm not making it up in 2016, 1.1 million rounds were played. And then in 2020, when the pandemic hit, 11 million rounds were played, 11.9. And then this past year, 17.2 million rounds were played. And that's just the ones that were recorded. So we've seen, you know, exponential growth in the sport. And so I'm not just making this up. Like, I'm sure now every almost everybody knows uh, someone who has played. Um, and so I guess what we want to talk about now really is is what are some tips that we can we can get people in all our wisdom because you know we're excellent players now although the, the it's like golf too but i feel like the more i play the worse i get but you know, <laughs> yeah. what are some what's, let's start with some basics here and i'll let y'all start you know beginning for y'all what do you wish you would have known then or what do you know now um that you would suggest for for, for beginners getting into the sport yeah <laughs> so the thing is is I, I actually knew what I wish I had known now. Like if you look at that, like I knew what I should have done in the beginning and then I just chose not to do it <laughs> and then ended up winding. I, I wound up finding myself doing that in the end. <laughs> so yeah. was, and I think you're probably in the same yes, way because yes. you and I went through a very similar thing where when everybody starts off, when I, when I got my end of a starter pack, there was a, there was a disc in there called a destroyer. It was cool. It had a robot on it. looked really awesome. It was sharp. It was, you know, thin, sleek. It was a distance driver. It was a 12-speed. Uh, I did not know what any of that meant, but it was the coolest disc that I had. And so I wanted to throw that disc more than anything um, because when I first started, it actually went the furthest. Um, but by furthest, I mean like, you know, 70 feet. Um, <laughs> and my putter, I just – I don't even know if I ever even threw the putter that I had in my bag. Um but I remember like pretty early on people telling me like, you should throw just putters, you know, just learn how to throw putters, you know, three speed and below, right? Throw low speed stuff, get really good at that. You're going to learn how to control better. You're going to learn how to throw better. You're going to learn form better because they're, they're in some ways when you throw harder, 
they can be a little less forgiving in the end result. Like it's, they're going to turn more, they're going to fade more. So you can get an understanding of how to control those things better when you're starting off. So that's what I would, when you start off, it's not all about speed. (laughs) Keep it slow, right? Start slow. Just kind of work your way in. Start with some putters and maybe bring in some mids. And then once you feel good with that, bring in fairway drivers and distance drivers. I did not do that. And I found myself stalled in my game. Uh, And then I was finally, I finally gave in. I was like, you know what? Putters only for a while. Putters and mid ranges. Um, Did that for, how long did we do that for? Yeah, it was a while. And, uh, but it worked. I saw really big improvement now um, to where I'm able to throw. I don't know, 200, 250 feet further with like a lot more ease with the, with what feels like the same power I was throwing at before than I was before, just from learning my, how to get better form and stuff and controlling discs. But I don't know. Yeah. What about you? That, I mean, that was the same advice I was going to give. Learn to learn to throw putters. Uh, I think my first memory that I have of disc golfing, genuinely playing, I had just bought a 12-speed dynamic disc it's a trespass yeah <laughs> and i remember like in my brain i can see myself throwing it and going straight up in the air and i'm like wow look how far that was and it was probably 100 <laughs> feet and and now it's like like the more i've learned it's like i was not throwing that well i needed to go back so i've you know, putters are my favorite disc they seem very unglamorous they they're blunt and they don't have all the coolest other dyes and all that stuff but they are so key for learning how to land a disc softly, um, to building as as Charlie mentioned, throwing your your throwing form, and uh, they're they're fun disc disc to throw. So it's important to learn with that. Uh, my other advice for people who are learning the game or you know just starting out: number one, don't be so hard on yourself, and number two, yeah. uh, just keep going. Like that's kind of the nature of every sport. But I mean, I played around just this week where I did awful. Like I just, just, it was bad. And like, <laughs> but you know, I'm still coming off of, we didn't play a lot during the winter. Still getting back into it, all that stuff. You're injured now. Your arms. Right? That's true. My arm is yeah. not feeling great. But, uh, you know, all that stuff that happens in sport. And it's just a matter of just keep going, keep trying. Don't give up on a round. Um, it's going to make you a better player. It's going to make, it's going to build your character and just, keep going and doing what you're supposed to do no yeah great great (laughs) points and that's the thing i think that people don't understand where it it doesn't translate from from golf to disc golf and it's that putters and mid-ranges which would be like your your wedges and your putter in golf you want to drive with those if possible like you want to yeah you (laughs) want to throw a tee shot and the thing about disc golf is you want accuracy and what you your arm speed can throw at the proper distance more than you know sacrificing that for a distance driver and you know we all learned you know when we start out well we're not throwing the distance drivers much further than we are the putters in the mid ranges yeah and so it's more important to learn how to do that first and then work up to where you start to see the difference between oh now my distance driver driver is actually going a lot further and that means you can start moving up and that's really what you need to look for is if you start out and you're throwing your distance driver, you know, the same distance as your putter at mid-range, then you're not yet to that level. And you, you need to really work on that. And I think another thing that I would stress is that um, form is important. And obviously, we've we've learned this the hard way. But you can't just go out there necessarily 
every form is different. So I don't want to say there's one way to do it because, you know, we watch the pro tour and everybody's different, but I will say that you can't throw it like an ultimate disc. You can't flick your wrist and nobody can see me right now, but you can't, you can't spin it like you do. It's a uh, I've heard it, you know, described as it's like you're pulling a lawnmower chain. Your arm is supposed to extend all the way behind you in a straight motion and then pull through like you're yanking a lawnmower chain. And then you let the disc go at the, at the end of it. Um, and so, you know, go on YouTube and look at form videos. That's how you can improve very quickly because form really does uh, matter. And I guess the other tip that I would have for as well is that, um, you know, don't, don't over, this kind of goes into what Charlie was saying about your pocketbook because you don't have to buy a lot of different discs to at first to be good. Like you need to learn how to throw discs that you're comfortable with. And so three or four discs that you just really know how to throw and then you can get them to do different shots is going to be a lot better than than eight or ten discs that you don't know how to throw. Yeah. And the important thing about disc golf is knowing your disc. Like you're comfortable with the feel of your disc and the only way to do that is just to, to get out there and throw them. And so less is more in disc golf and I wish that's what I would have known because I'm broke and I spent money on <laughs> I spent money on things that I didn't even end up using and I realized was a, was a waste of time. So yeah, that's I guess one of my biggest tips is that you don't have to have an inordinate, inordinate amount of discs to shoot as just as good of a score. Um, unless you just want to show off. Yeah, unless you just is... want to flex your abilities. Yeah. Another but, thing I realized too is that people give you a lot more discs when you play than I first realized too. Um, yeah. Since I started playing, I have been gifted all, several discs over time. So as of recently, I, I currently have probably pushing uh, 150-ish discs at this point, which is sad. <laughs> uh, there's no way I will ever throw them, but they were all – 75% of them were given to me by somebody – that was getting rid of like all their discs. They just said, "Here, like take all these." It was a, it was my cousin, uh, and so I've tried to give several of those away too. Um, but yeah, don't don't spend a whole lot of money early on. Like you said, that's you don't have to. Yeah. There's no need for that. They, you always, I don't know. The way I am is like I always want like the next coolest thing or whatever, and I and I, and I get caught up in the whole like that disc is gonna help my game so much. Yeah. And then you get it and you realize oh, this feels terrible. I don't like this. Yeah. So just, yeah, don't spend too much money in the beginning. Get you some nice starter yeah. packs. Just kind of go from there. Yeah. Or just use discs too. You can also start off with some nice used ones. Yeah. So. And that's the thing I would suggest if you do go watch YouTube videos and watch professionals is that um, discs that they like and throw may not be your disc that you like and throw. It's okay to throw discs that aren't popular. It's okay to throw discs that are, it's just, you have to find what works for you and it can be a lot of disc or not a lot of discs. So yeah, you're, you're exactly right. There's so many things we could talk about, but I do want to say we'll mention really quick. Another cool thing about disc golf is like you were talking about the ability, or I think one of you mentioned it, the ability to like kind of have customized discs. Like it's, it is in that way, kind of like a trading card type thing where Every disc is a different color. Every disc, you can dye your own disc. Charlie's gotten into that where you can literally put stamps of things on there. It can be whatever you want. I mean, something is, I think you put what, the Chick-fil-A logo on one of them or oh, something yeah, man. like that. I've done Chick-fil-A logos, the Dunder Mifflin logo. Yeah. Uh, I did a Sorcerer Mickey hat this past week on one of my blue discs. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm going to do so a Wakanda just, one for Alexander soon on a disc. Got that plan. That's cool. <laughs> or not Wakanda. So it, 
Black Panther. Panther. Sorry. <laughs> that's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the cool thing about it is you, you really get to kind of have as much fun with the disc oh, yeah. as you want and make them and put your own stamp on, you know, your equipment, which I think yeah. is really cool. You're allowed to show your personality. And that's what's cool about disc golf too, is that it's, while it is professional and serious in, in some aspects, you can literally go play for free with your buddies mm-hmm. at any time. And yeah, it can be really casual. Yeah. It can be really casual. Yeah. And it, it it's, it's fun. It, it's not, you know, it's as serious as you want to make it, which mm-hmm. I think is what a lot of other sports lack is that you have to have some, a lot of serious structure. You can play by yourself or you can play with as many people as you want. And that's, that's, what's cool. Uh, about disc golf and why I would suggest everyone get into it is because it's you're getting to play a sport and anybody who has not thrown a disc it's not just easy like that's what's addicting about it is you get out there and you realize it takes a lot of skill but it's also super fun and you get to be in nature so it's like it hits on all the things that people should love about activity is that you have to be really athletic and coordinated to be good but it's also just a lot of fun to go throw a disc as well and be out in nature which is why I think we've all really come uh, to like it um Anything else y'all want to talk about the sport or any tips before we kind of, we're going to stop and take a quick break. And then we are going to talk a little bit about the professional side of it and just uh, be ESPN analyst for disc golf for a while. <laughs> but anything else y'all got to add? Just go out and do it, man. If you have, if you've never played before, um, find somebody that hasn't played either. And you guys just go out together, maybe, you know, get a little starter pack or something. And the two of you or three, however many you want, just go out and just play. I promise you will love it. Yeah, exactly. And and that's like we said, just go find a park, uh, download the UDISC app. It'll tell you where it is. It's literally just out in, you just have to go find it. There, there's, there's nothing that's not allowing you, not like a gymnasium you can't get into or something like that. So yeah, we just highly suggest, you know, you go into play and that's why I wanted to talk about it because it's, it's not just, uh, you know, something dumb that people who can't play real sports go do. It's a real sport that that's really fun to play. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And like I said, we'll be back to analyze the Disc Golf Pro Tour. So we'll be back just. All right, guys, to close out our episode today, we are going to talk about the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I know a lot of people probably don't know what this is. So before we talk about it, I just want to say I'm not really going to try to explain everything as we talk about it because that would take forever. But if you really want to know about the players, if you really want to know about you know how it's set up, then I would highly suggest looking it up, going and watching Joe Mess Pro, the best YouTube channel out there because they show coverage of all these tournaments and it's really, it's highly produced. And um, that's how I think I really found out that this was for real is that they, they take that stuff very seriously. But that'll not only teach you, you know, how to play and, and watching the pros, see how it's kind of the sport is set up, but also, you know, kind of gets you into the professional aspect of it. And the Pro Tour is kind of like the PGA Tour in golf where, you know, they do, they travel all around, you know, the uh, America and, and play in these different tournaments in, in different courses. And it's set up, you know, like the PGA Tour as well, where, you know, they compete all season long uh, to, to win the Disc Golf Pro Tour at the end. And they also have major championships. Uh, and it's kind of set up like, you know, the, the majors are in golf with, uh, they have the USDGC, which is like the US Open, and they have um the world championships with which golf doesn't really have but that's like you're the world champion of disc golf and then they have some other some other majors as well um but you know disc golf is is a real professional sport and that's what i guess i want to get across is that you know it's there's a lot of business in it now there's a lot of marketing and there's so many different brands that sponsor these players that's how it works is that each individual player is sponsored by a disc manufacturer and they throw those specific discs 
for that company. And so each, each, you know, brand has it, their kind of list of players that go and play on the pro tour. And so we're just going to jump right into it. Like I said, I don't want to, I can't really explain all the logistical stuff and uh, I just want to talk about it. And then y'all, if you really want to know, then you'll go, uh, you know, find out for yourself. Um, but let's talk about the off season guys uh, that we saw this year. Cause so many big names um, were on the move. Um, so much turnover. Exactly. I mean, maybe it, I just wasn't aware last year, but I don't feel like last year there was this much turnover. No, not even close. It's crazy. I man. don't think so. And I think that had, and we can kind of talk about it, but I think that does have something to do with the growth of the sport. Yeah. Is that more money now. people are wanting more money and they're seeing that, you know, with all these new eyes on it, they, they don't just have to be uh, with one company. Like you can go make right. your own money somewhere else. And it's more important to be, a star player on a company where they're taking care of you than it is necessarily to be on a specific brand. But, you know, I do want to talk about some of the moves. So, you know, what, what was one of the bigger moves that you thought about uh, that you were surprised and we'll, we'll kind of hit on it as we talk about some of the top players, but what was the most surprising move of the off season for both of you? Uh, Ricky's probably got to be like, I feel like that's got to be the biggest off season move. Probably the biggest offseason move. To me, the most surprising was Chris Dickerson. Yeah, that was big. Uh, so, well, I think there's two different categories here. I will Prodigy say. just surprised me in general. They yeah. lost like everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's two different categories here because there's biggest move for like the player and company, but then there's biggest surprise. And that's what I'm kind of talking about yeah. here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Chris Dickerson me, and Discraft. Yeah, yeah. So, Chris, so Prodigy, you know, for new listeners, you know, this company. They had the female world champion this past year, and Chris Dickerson is one of the uh, mo- most consistent players on tour. Uh, so I think they gave a pretty big bag to uh, Kevin Jones, and that made both Katrina and Chris leave. But Chris, I do not see as a disc craft player. They almost seem like more jockish, <laughs> like yeah. disc golf players to me. Uh, and it's like, it's not that I have anything against the brand. I think it's cool and stuff. But Chris Dickerson does not seem like the type of player to go there. Uh, so that that one blew my mind. I did not think he would leave Prodigy, and I thought the last place he would end up would be Discraft. So, yeah. and I think the yeah, expo- I thought he was going to go to Innova. Really, I think the explanation for that is is like we were talking about is that it's not necessarily a just play for because I love playing disc golf anymore. It's these players are seeing the ability to to make real money and to capitalize on their game, and I don't think Prodigy had the ability to keep him at what he was wanting and. They didn't think, I feel like, that he promotes himself enough yeah. like Kevin Jones does. And Discraft doesn't care about that because they have Paul McBeth and Paul Uberry and all these other ones. And they just, they'll just they just sell discs for him because he wins. And so right. that's I think that's the biggest reason he signed with them. It is a weird fit, but at the same time, I think you know he's doing it because they, they paid him a lot of money. Um, but, you know, what what about... The Katrina Allen talking about Prodigy to DGA, and this is where we kind of get into brand. Yeah, that one's surprising. Is that you know DGA is not a big, uh, not as no. big of a brand, so she's really I think betting on herself here that she's the type of player that no matter what she throws, as long as she's compensated, she'd rather be the number one name for a brand right. than necessarily throw the best discs. Um, well, she can throw Discraft now since she's at DGA. Like she has okay. access to the Discraft. Right. Which which will is what she used to throw anyways because before she was a discraft before she went to Prodigy, so I guess it that was a little surprising she went to GGA, 
but it kind of wasn't because I felt like she would have wanted to have gone back to Discraft Discs to begin with. And I don't know that Discraft would have signed her back on. No, not with Pierce. <laughs> not, with, with yeah, not with all the drama and stuff that happened around there before. Uh, and with, they already have Paige Pierce, like you were saying, signed. And so, you know, now she can get that plastic again and without being with Discraft. So, but no, DGA, that was a, that was a big step. That was a big get for them. Yeah. Both so. her and Andrew Marweed over this offseason. Yeah, right. And that's the interesting thing with that I think we're seeing in the sport right now is that obviously we came in like right when it was kind of changing from like not a mainstream sport to the mainstream sport, but it went from, you're seeing these brands who have dominated the sport. They're having to kind of figure out how to grow with it. And so Innova has dominated, not just the sport at the amateur level, but at the professional level. And they haven't really had to try and now all of a sudden they're I think that's where they're falling behind is they're not really trying to change necessarily. And companies like Discraft right. are. And these other companies are now they're like jockeying for position in the pecking order of brands. And it's allowing some of these um well, I think it's really cool because it, it's allowing a, a lot of different fans to throw different brands now. Like they, mm-hmm. they can be proud of the fact that they're throwing one that's not as mainstream. Uh, and we're starting to see a lot of different players, you know, move to some of the smaller brands. Like you mentioned, Andrew Marley right. going to DJ as well. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we kind of hit on it, but do you think the biggest, the biggest, I guess, company wide step up was by the trilogy brand by dynamic disc this off season and what they were able to do? Yeah, I do. And, and that kind of goes along with my, like the biggest surprise for me wasn't necessarily a player, but a company. And yeah. that was probably with Innova in general. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they got they got smacked yeah, this year, hemorrhaging. Um, and, and and it really brings to light like what you were saying, where you know there there's a shift now in disc golf companies where previously, right, they had their touring pros, but they didn't. I mean, they they gave them discs, they covered their tournament fees, but they weren't having to provide like you know a full life to these players. Like it wasn't they weren't having to give as much. But now. You had companies like Discraft and the Macbeth deal last year, 10, 10 year, $10 million. And it's like, and you have a surge of people that are watching, that are supporting, um, that are participating in the sport to where these companies are getting a lot more money. Uh, and Discraft doing that was like, hey, we take care of our players. And so it made other companies look around and be like, you know what? We also need to take care of our players. And Innova, who like you were saying, has dominated forever, I think kind of just got I don't want. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but it almost seems complacent with their players, where they're like, oh, "We don't have to offer these players that much money because we don't need yeah. high-profile players to sell discs. Like we're going to sell discs with or without high-profile players." But now that the, that day of reckoning has now yeah. come about, where they have now lost their their big yeah. players, so to other companies, to rival companies. So yeah, like you were saying, I think Ricky's probably the biggest deal in the off season. So yeah, and that's. I think dynamic disc, uh, obviously I think y'all are enjoying that because y'all oh, both, yeah. y'all both throw that brand. Another cool thing about, you know, being in the community too, is that we didn't talk about this, but you can kind of pick to be a fan of a brand and stick with them. And those mm-hmm. discs are kind of your, your disc, I guess. But, um, we saw like a, a shift in the way that dynamic disc is going to go forward because they were, I think kind of the, we'll just be happy to, to, you know, be in the disc golf community. And, you know, we, they do a lot of things with putting out beginner disc and, and putting out to videos for that. 
And they now, sponsor a lot of tournaments. Sponsor a lot of tournaments. They sponsor a lot of tournaments. So they so were the like CEO was talking about that. They were more for like the growth of the sport as for a whole right. as amateurs. But in and this is where it's like golf. It's like, what do you want to be? Do you want to support the professional ranks now and really be known mm-hmm. as like we support the people who win? And that's what I think they're going for is they not only signed Ricky, but they signed Kona Panis, who I think has the potential if she I don't I mean I this is where I we're gonna start getting analysis of players, but if she learns how to putt, I think she can throw the disc <laughs> as well as anybody. Right. And so <laughs> Um, I think they really went all in on we're trying to we're trying to win tournaments now, and that's where yep. I think Innova should be really nervous. Is that if you look at a leaderboard two years ago, five of the top ten players are sponsored by Innova, and they still yep. definitely have some talent, but they're getting past, and the younger players are not signing with Innova now, yep. and that's what should be scary um, going forward. And so, yeah, I think Dynamic Disc has a big chance this year to not only have a lot of players be really successful, but in turn, they're going to start making a push for a lot of people getting into the sport. That's why I think it was so important is people are going to start wanting to buy their disc, getting into the sport yep. because of the success they're having in the professional ranks. Yeah. I mean, just the, the Ricky harp, when they dropped that, it was sold out within days of, of them releasing that. Um, I think that was like really cool to see because they're not typically known for selling out discs no. that quickly. So that was, uh, that was cool, but it, the the CEO of Dynamic like talked about that when when they signed Ricky, he was like, you know, I I he's a really young CEO, and he was like, the past few years has all been just about brand development, you know, and sport development, They're like sponsoring a lot of tournaments, doing all of the youth stuff, having you know good high quality discs, but neglecting the pros, and so they're like, we need to, they wanted to make a shift this year to kind of support the the pro tour and, and the pros because that's really how they're going to start selling more discs is through that so mm-hmm. I'm excited for them they did good they got they got a lot of good players coming in this year so and that was for me like I throwing dynamic was like how I started the game it's still how I, majority of my bag and you know I kind of got clowned by the people here like <laughs> you know you throw on dynamic and the people is like hey, man, man, I didn't clown you you didn't but yeah. I support you they won't be named but like it, that was just kind of, <laughs> that was the kind of the, the energy was like nobody who wins throws dynamic and you know as yeah. I would go and watch Jomez it'd be like yeah there's you know they'd show up sometimes Emerson Keith Emerson Keith is good Come yeah on, and it's like go. Chris Clemens is good Chris, sometimes. sometimes it's just like Eric Oakley's not good yeah so it was just like that type of <laughs> it was that type of energy but then Man, now poor Eric hope you don't listen to this oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's okay I'm gonna laugh when he has like the year of his life this year yeah, yeah. but like now, now seeing Ricky back Ricky is such oh, a consistent so player back, Kona yeah. is a great player Mason Ford is a good up and coming player Matty O is a great Let's player go. you know so it's just like a bunch of really solid players building the brand making Gavin feel Rathbun. Gavin Rathbone when he comes back he gets healthy. I love him, him. Yeah. Uh, so, what's yeah. your, uh, Paige Shue will be playing probably Paige again Shue. this year a little bit she's she's being a good mom yeah. so yeah. I know AJ recently retired Rip. yeah, yeah. But but a lot of good stuff coming a lot of good so stuff. very excited for that. yeah <laughs> hopefully it's a good year for Team Trilogy yes. in general Dynamic Trilogy they all I mean they're the same work together they're all supported by Latitude owns them all so yeah and that's so, what is interesting about, um, you know, you just have to kind of look this up again to understand it. But, you know, they have are able to have three different brands with three different disc lineups. And now all four. Now yeah. four. Oh, Castaplast. you're talking about Castaplast. 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 Sorry. <laughs> I didn't see that today. Yeah. But um, so, so I, well, I guess that does mean like Ricky could use Castaplast now, right? Yeah. So they were talking about that. And I don't know if you want to talk about that yeah, now or not. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean um, I've heard a rumor 
or like the the word on the street is, and this has not been confirmed, but from what I've read, is that cast the plus players will be able to throw trilogy, but trilogy players will not be able to throw cast the plus. Um. So. And there was some reasoning for that. That's been this is comp- I may be so wrong because the people that are saying this have no like merit to them to be able to say these things. But everybody is saying it because like Latitude is going to sell their discs either way, and them their players throwing Castaplast is only going to take away money from them potentially. Yeah. And Castaplast players being able to throw Trilogy will end up making them more money because Castaplast doesn't even offer a full lineup technically. Yeah. And yeah. so, that's what I've heard. It's it's rumors, but yeah, still yeah. cool. Yeah, still it's really cool. Trilogy anymore. And I do think that, <laughs> like in this time where disc golf is pretty much starting over. I mean, we're you're getting. It's not obviously there's going to be people who have played it for a long time, but for so many people, they didn't know anything about the sport, and so they're right. coming in and they're seeing they might see dynamic disc. They don't even know Innova was the best brand, you know. So it's like. <laughs> They're, I think they're doing the right thing right now and really trying to assert themselves as we're the dominant brand in the sport, as well as Discraft. Discraft has done an excellent job of that as well. Um, and so that's what's so interesting uh, right now in the professional ranks is that not only are you seeing you know players become famous, but they're switching brands and they're changing literally the way that you know disc golf is looked at right now. Um, yeah. All right, let's talk about let's move into the 2022 season because I do think we are in for a lot of different changes now, and it's the game has gotten more competitive than ever, which is I'm excited about because I think disc golf has traditionally been the same four or five players win everything, and we're kind of getting out of that. I do think you know obviously you see the same players on the lead card every, most weeks, most of the time, but yeah, there are more players who can win tournaments now. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start by just talking about. I think we could have all different opinions on this. You know, who's the best player in the world right now? Factoring in brand, factoring in maybe they're throwing new disc as Ricky is, but who has maybe the best game regardless of that right now? Uh, that's a that's such a good question. Like, I don't know. Obviously, if you ask a year ago, it's Paul Macbeth pretty much, I feel like. But this past year, I'm not – the thing is, like, you can't say that he didn't have a good year. I just feel like the level of competition around him is like significantly increased to where they're more on his level. Um, but now, I mean, Ricky finished. Ricky finished number one, didn't he? Yes, highest he was, rated. He got the Player of the Year. So yeah, I guess coming off of last year, but then he's he's with a new company and all new discs. So you don't know how he's gonna do until you see him play with the new disc. Yeah. So for me, uh, it's uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Eagle Eagle McMahon is my player, the best player. Uh, he is nursing a forehand injury. One of the biggest parts of his game is forehand. Yeah, that could hurt him pretty bad. Yes. But I just Literally. think his, his power is incredible. His putting is pretty insane. There's yep. never time, a time I watch coverage and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's something I could definitely do. He's just so <laughs> yeah. incredible. Um, and I, he's a certified winner. Like he comes up clutch. Yep. He, he knows how to win. So while, while Ricky won player of the year, um, Eagle was right behind him. He had, yep. and he led the all-star team and, uh, for this current year and all that stuff. So I think Eagle is on, from my perspective, the best player. In the world. Yeah. I just, yeah, I hope his elbow gets better. Cause yeah. I, I would hate to see that. Cause that is like probably his yeah. most famous part of his game is the yeah. fact that he can throw a 500 foot forehand with 
ease. Yeah, yeah and now while we're on this subject, I've been meaning to talk about cool moments in disc golf and just had got around to it. But if you think that these people aren't athletic, go watch him throw a forehand literally with his straddling a fence rail, yeah, 450 feet with a flick of his wrist. Go tell me any other athlete in the world who can do that with that much coordination Absolutely and that accuracy. Insane. I the, the interesting thing about this discussion is that Eagle is is he does things that like you said nobody else could do. Right. Like he has the ability to throw forehands like nobody else. He has the power. He puts probably better. But if we're talking about winning, I don't think he's the best player in the world because I don't think he can win on a wooded golf course. I I don't think I and, and every time he's played a big tournament he's either not been in contention or he's choked. I mean, I, right. and that's where I do think that you have to take into effect greatest as results. And so, yes, ability wise, I think he's probably the best at, at specific things, but I don't think he even got close to winning uh, one of the majors this last year. And so I guess I would have to see that before I put him in that category. And if we're going to talk about all around game, I think Ricky has overtaken Paul. Because yeah, the knock on the knock on Ricky used to be, he's a great putter, but all he can do shot wise is scramble. That's not yep. it anymore. His backhand no, is probably can, better is better than ninety five percent. Yank a boy, yeah. He and can. his forehand is up there with Eagles. And so yep. I think if you're talking about any play style, wooded, went on a long golf course that's open. The only thing that concerns me is his, him changing companies. And same. It, that's that's why I agree with you. Yeah. And that's why I do think I do think Paul has been caught by him, and Paul used to have the the best overall around game, like putting yep. forehand, backhand, and I think he's kind of been caught by um by Ricky in that regard. And if Calvin ever gets a forehand, then I think he's up there with Paul as well, and mm-hmm. and Eagle. I, I think there's a clear separation between those four, and you're kind of seeing you know like Chris Dickerson, some of the other ones come back or a little a little bit separation. Yeah, Chris did have a really good year, and Kevin Jones. I mean, I'd put him up there too. He's probably he just cannot win. Like yeah. he he just gets the end. I watched yeah. the yeah, Portland Open. Yeah, I watched Portland Open like. Two weeks ago, and that just broke time. my heart. It's yeah. like, man, he's right there on the precipice. He's yeah. another one who I will say I think he performs better in big tournaments than than he does in some of the smaller ones. Yeah. But his backhand has to be better. And I think watching old coverage yeah. when he was with Pro Discus, he threw better backhands than he does now with Prodigy. I don't know if that's mm. disc or he's more focused on forehands. Or, I mean, he throws grenades now more. But <laughs> if he can get his backhand better, like I will say, athletically, his skill set is better than anybody. Yeah, he is an athlete. Yeah. But no, I, I agree. I would probably say Ricky. But like you said, just depends on – I think he'll do fine. So he 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 came from Latitude 64. So he, he knows the plastic. He knows the discs. He loves the dagger. He loves the dagger. Uh, that was like his biggest thing when he switched to Innova. Still a great putter, but he you could tell – he never got comfortable, comfortable. putting. That, like he even switched putters midseason last year yeah. to the whale because he just couldn't figure out like which one felt the best. And so, I think he's gonna have a good year. I really, I really do think he's gonna have a big year this year. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's with with all those top guys, it's all about consistency. Like you have some guys that kind of have big spikes where they come in, they win big, but then the next week with a course change, they're nothing. Yeah. But the the guys that are consistently every week, you're going to see them on lead card at some point in the tournament. It's going to be Ricky, Macbeth, 
Eagle, depending on the course. Kevin Jones will probably make an appearance up there at some point. Chris Dickerson's going to make an appearance up there. Yeah. Calvin Heimberg did not have a good year this year. Also, oh, it's relative. That's yeah. relative. I mean, compared to what he has yeah. had, his only win was a tie. Yeah. I think, I think wins wise, <laughs> so. no, but I think he was on. I think I saw a stat where he was on more lead cards than anybody this year. Maybe Ricky. But Ricky was, yeah, I think Ricky. Yeah, it was Ricky and Calvin because Calvin can th- can play in woods or yeah. open yeah. too. But yeah, yeah I think his, his problem is just winning. Yeah, his his Florida style, low ceiling, just yep. be able to yank it 500 feet is just it's unbelievable. And I I think in the UDISC era, he, like he's the highest rated, like or in the top 10, he's been the best in that category for. Yeah, I I'm excited, ever. man. So Las Vegas challenge. He just yeah. doesn't throw a lot great. of bad shots. I think that's yeah. what's his skills, and that's where I would say about like Eagle is is um go watch like I think it was either GMC this year or GMC last year or, or Ledgestone. That there's a hole on GMC where it's like <clears throat> 250 feet straight, like straight in front of you. And it's through the woods, through this row of trees, and all you gotta do is throw a straight putter shot. And he could not do it to save his life. Oh, he could yeah, not yeah. do it. That's it was true. like no, right. fifty feet off the tee, he hits a tree, and just like that's where it's like, is he almost like too powerful for his own good? Like he doesn't have the <laughs> he doesn't have the touch that some of these other players do, and that's why I think like Ricky can give it to you any way you want it. Yeah. Um, and and I do think. The thing about like best player, best overall game is, you know, like we said, Paul has had that title for a long time. I'm still taking him in a major championship. Like he should have won worlds this yeah, year. He's clutch. If James Conrad doesn't throw the best shot ever, he wins <laughs> worlds, and then he won yep. USDGC. So I think you know if I'm in in a if I'm in a major tournament, I'm still taking Paul. So yeah. there's so many different like ways you can break that down. He's but, too good under pressure. He's the best under pressure. I feel like out of all of them. Yeah. Just because yeah. he's done it so many times. <laughs> yeah. He has so much experience winning. And I think in the where it's moving towards a professional sport where there is a lot of real pressure, he's been he's treat he's treated it like that forever. So yeah. he kind of knows right. how to t- take it that seriously. Um but all right, let's move on to FPO. And I think this is more of a two a two horse race uh here. I mean, is it is it as simple as you either think Paige is the best or you think Katrina Allen's the best here? Ooh, I guess I have a contradictory. Oh, okay. Opinion. Well, go ahead then. No, my bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't believe the best female player is American. I oh, it's Kristen Tatar from Estonia. Yeah. Uh, I brought. It, I went to check. I just want to look it up because I, I'd, I'd seen what she did, and when she came over, she played six events in this past year, and she won four, got first place in four, and. The worst she finished was at Worlds, where she placed fifth. That was, and so she placed third one time, fifth one time, and then won four times. Yep. So I think you gave her a, f- a full season over here on the Pro Tour. I think she would dominate. Yeah, uh, she's a really good player. So I think Kristen Tar is the best in the world. That's my hot take, though. Yeah, I, guess. <laughs> I, I, I like Kristen a lot. I think she's fantastic. Um, I think. I mean, Paige is really good, and she's very consistent. And Katrina obviously is very good as well. But man, like, like you said, it's 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 kind of funny with FPO because I feel like there is a very large drop off once you get out of the top three. For sure, like, I don't feel like there's a lot of inconsistency. Inconsistency, yes, because you can see it in their scores usually too. Where you'll have like, like in Worlds this past year, where it was like 
you know, Paige Pierce and Katrina obviously neck and neck. A little bit beneath them was Kristen, and then it was a, it was a sizable <laughs> gap. Yeah, like like a ten stroke yeah. gap, plus ten plus, yeah, between right. them and the next highest score, which just is mind boggling. Like how big of a swing and score that is. But um, man, I don't know. That it's really hard. Yeah, I I guess in terms of, I don't know. I like Kristen. I'd probably pick Paige Pierce, just because of you know, historically in the U.S. Yeah. Um, but it would be interesting, like you said, to see a Christian Tatar play a full season in the United States. I think, too, um, they, they have different – it goes back to kind of like the Eagle Paul, Eagle Ricky debate. Like, Kristen is more of a – from what I've seen from her, at least, and I, yeah, I just completely blanked on her. But she's more of like a, a finesse type, really consistent thrower. She doesn't, mm-hmm. like, have, like, necessarily a ton of distance, but she throws, like, very consistently. And Paige – on an open course, this is why I think we see this, the score separation is because they're having to make courses harder for her and for Katrina because they <laughs> yeah. throw 50 feet further yeah, than any do. other they, woman. They throw very far. And so they're yeah. just at, they're at such an advantage over every other woman just by being able to throw that much further. Um, and that's why I think they're kind of in a league of their own. But it, it is interesting. Yeah, and there's several other foreign players. Um, I don't want to butcher their names, but I know it's like Helena Boimros is, is up there rated with Paige and uh, – there's yep. another one, Evelina Salonen, I think's her name. So they're they're not getting to play in America right now, but their rating wise is almost as good. So I think AFPO, we're gonna have to like as disc golf gets better and better, and we have an uh, infusion of athletes from other backgrounds that you'll see more and more like competition in the female ranks. But like I said, yep. I think that it goes like to what we were talking about with Eagle, where there's there's several women who are just so much more athletically capable right now with discs than some of the other ones, and that's when you see the score get score separation. Yep. Yep. I, I definitely agree with you. When I think possibly more European talent comes in as well yeah. as newer American talent, I think that you're, yeah, you're there's a lot right. of young people that are getting into it now. Where I think we're going to see in the next few years a pretty sizable jump in talent and skill in both male and female disc yeah. golf. I'm excited for that. There's a lot of really Absolutely. good young people coming up into the sport. So and you realize, yeah. like you know, they're going to be trying to imitate the Eagles and the Calvins and mm-hmm. like that. And those are impressive games. You can yeah. really try to imitate those. I, mean, I see. I would count Eagle as one of those young people. Oh, that's true. He is younger than me. So. Yeah. So that's the thing with like <laughs> Macbeth, and I and I feel like that's why you know you you want to almost put Eagle up there, and it's it's crazy that you talk about Eagle in the same context of like Paul Macbeth because Paul Macbeth is. 10 years old than he's him? On, he's about to turn 40. He's yeah. Like, I mean, no, he, yeah, no, he's, he's old. On the precipice. <laughs> no, he's... Well, he's like 31, 32. Yeah, he's, he's, he's young 30s. Uh, Nate Sexton's, he's the one that's almost Nate 40. Um, but like, almost I mean, he's got he's got a decade on him. And he's got a decade of playing professional disc golf on him as well. So it's crazy when you, when you talk about Eagle, as young as he is, and he's up there, I can't... In 10 years from now, I don't even want to imagine right. how good he's going to be. So... If he does get a touch backhand, then he That's the thing. He's yeah, dangerous. he's like yeah. yeah. He's so young. I mean, he's got plenty of time to develop that if he starts if he gets a scramble game up cuz yeah. I mean, he, Ricky's older than him too. So, Ricky's what 28? Yeah, 28. So, yeah. I do I yeah. do think yeah, the shoulder injury could be a blessing in disguise for him because he's going to have to throw backhand. Learn how to throw backhand. He's not better. throwing forehands right now. If you watch the All-Stars coverage, yeah, you no, heard he about can't. it. Yeah, I like don't think he actually can. No, he yeah, he said I'm not. Like I don't want to risk it, which is probably smart. I mean, smart. you don't want to get yeah, hurt sure. in a fa- in a it's not real. Yeah, but you mentioned young players, which is a, is a perfect segue because um, <clears throat> there is a lot of people that have gotten into the sport, into the professional ranks really quickly, and they're starting to see a lot of dividends pay off. 
And so let's talk about some of the breakout players this year that can join maybe that elite group, or maybe if not the elite group, we can see win some tournaments. Obviously, we had two two players last year who come to mind <clears throat> who really, I think, broke out and joined that elite group, and that would be, I'd say, Adam Hammes and Kyle Klein mm-hmm. as young guys. So, I mean, we, you, you mentioned some when we were talking about the brands, but is there somebody that that stands out to you that is really going to you know join that elite group this year? Uh, yeah, uh, so for a male player, I would, I'm hoping, I, I, I think Mason Ford is really good. Yeah. I'm hoping that he makes the push. Uh, yeah. and I think throwing, I'm biased, very biased, but I do think, uh, pushing, I think as he, uh, pushing that plastic, I think throwing dynamic will help him. Uh, female, I think Haley King is poised to make it like become a really, really good player. Yeah. Um, she, Again, I don't think she's up there necessarily with Paige right now or with Kristen right now, but she is just she has a really solid forehand game. Uh, she is a very poised player. Um, I also think that she has more of the prototypical disc golfer frame, um, where Paige Paige is shorter, yeah. but Haley has she's taller and very lanky. So Long it's like arms, I yeah. think she's gonna she has the potential and and I think she's she's shown that flashes of that talent. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, as much as it pains me to say, I'd probably say Kyle Klein probably has the best chance. I, I am not a big Kyle Klein fan. <laughs> I think his biggest problem is the fact that he's so good and so young. I think I think he's kind of his own worst enemy. From, from I've talked to people that have met him and spent time with him that have played with him, and he is very arrogant. <laughs> so uh, if he if he can finish, because that was his big thing this year too. I guess if he had just finished stronger in several of his tournaments, he could have. I mean, he had the chance to win several this year. for sure. Um, so, Which he know, played really well him. at. I mean, he took he Eagle did. down to the whole last hole. So, um, yep. then, yeah. Uh, another one that I would factor in is also Anthony Barella. Yeah. He is an yeah. absolute bomber. Like, he is. He has crazy power. Uh, again, I think his, his problem is his youth. He just doesn't have the mental game to finish yeah. yet. Yep. But just when it comes to straight-up talent, He's one of the yeah. most talented players, young players in the game. Yeah, and so much about disc golf is is knowing what shot to throw because it can snowball really quickly a score. And with the way the scores are and how good the players are, like if you take a triple bogey on a hole, like it doesn't matter how well you shoot on the other holes, like that that can knock you out. And I think that's been his problem: yeah. is bigger numbers. The blow up hole. Yeah, the blow up <laughs> hole. And the guy, the guy I would watch out for is, and this is weird because he's like four years younger than me, but is Gannon Burr, um, yeah. and he he really like played really well at the All-Stars event and at the end yeah. of last year, and he was, I think, the rookie of the year, and I think he's just one of those who's like, he's so smooth form-wise, and like he, when I try to project how somebody's going to do, I look at, d- can they throw all the shots, and there's not really a shot that I look at him and say like, he's not capable of throwing, and I think that's what I would say you know, look for in a breakout player is, do you have a good backhand? Does he have a good forehand? And if so, then, you know, they're probably, they probably have the capability to break out. And, sure. and, and that's what I like about, like you said, um, I don't know if Mason Ford's, his distance is maybe not like elite, but shot wise, I do agree with you where he has every shot in, in the bag. And that's really what you need now in disc golf with the way the courses are being designed is you need, you got to be able to throw every shot, but yeah, very interesting, and like we said, with a lot of young players into the sport, I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of you know different types of people break out in the coming years. Um, 
All right, let's talk about the first event of the year. We talked about we're really excited about it. Obviously, I've watched every disc golf video I can, so I need some new con- – like, I can't watch the world championships for the fifth time in two months. <laughs> oh, so, oh, man, that Joe Mez offseason content. Yeah, man, no, it, hey, they re- they have stepped it up. So, And that's yeah. what's inter- great about it, too, is that you won't find a sport that's working harder on YouTube than disc golf is. I mean, you can yeah. almost find more content on it than any other sport. But the thing yeah, about it's because they're not covered on anything else. <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, ESPN two two months after the fact now. Hey, True. <laughs> um, True. But Las Vegas is it's played on a golf course, um, yeah. and you can't do that in disc golf. You can put baskets obviously on a golf course, so it's an open course. It favors people like Eagle McMahon who won it last year. Where you, it's just a it's it's not a bomber's paradise. Actually, I saw a stat the other day where it's it's actually the third shortest course on tour. So it feels long, but really it's not extremely long. But it's open in the sense of you can kind of throw it wherever you want. So, um, you know, let's talk about some – I have somebody we haven't mentioned yet that I'm going to mention, but are there any players that maybe we've already talked about or we haven't who you expect to have a strong showing at this first event? I think Heimberg has a big – he usually does pretty well in Las Vegas Challenge. I think it's a a course that suits him pretty well. It's an open course. Um, It's not like super, super long, kind of like you were saying, and he's historically done pretty well in it. And Ricky too. I mean, he did. He's done well in Vegas Challenge, also. But we'll uh, see. So mine is he doesn't play well in like wooded places, and honestly, a lot of other places. We I might know, have the I same think, one. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Uh, Ezra Aderhole. Yeah, I think he he'll play well. Yeah, yeah. I think he played well last I, year. I, was, I, can't, I can't remember what he, he finished at last year. Like he ended he up finishing third. second, I, I think, in yeah, a tie for second, and he had a terrible third round on lead card. But he played great on the second card. He actually shot the highest rated round of the year yeah. last year at LVC. So if anybody knows how to shoot well, it's him. So that, that was my I kind of felt like that was a story of his year last year, though. Yeah. Where he'd have a blow-up round. Where he'd come on pretty good. He'd either get on lead card or he'd get very close to being on lead card. He's on chase card. Mm-hmm. And then kind of blow up and not be able to finish. But And the thing with him, yeah. and this is getting really technical, but we talked about with disc golf how – you can kind of throw the same shot every time and just you let your disc be different. And mm-hmm. with him, he only throws like one angle. <laughs> yep. and it's that it's that steep hyzer angle, yep. and he'll Stock have really he'll have different he'll have different discs that flip to to whatever. So yep. in the woods, you can't necessarily do that every time. But in the open, where you can control the flight however you want, it's great. And that's what he gets to do on LVC is the entire time is just. All right, I want it to stand up a little more. Let me, you know, throw a little different disc. So sure. that's what's interesting about, you know, this style of play is that it really is it's who can throw it the furthest and accurately. And that's yeah. why I think we see Calvin Heinberg do so well and Ricky is because they've mastered that. Paul's not playing this this time, which is interesting. I, I, I wonder what exactly his logic is, but he won't be there either. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of hit on I think it'll be I think Garrett Gurthy will do well he traditionally does well um throws it really far um and somebody that's kind of under the radar that has won this event two years ago is um is nate sexton for some reason he does really well at lvc so um i I think yeah he's one of the more likable personalities (laughs) in disc golf he's like one of my favorite he may be like he's like top three players for me i just love nate sexton he's just such a nice looking not nice looking i mean 
Maybe, yeah, sure. He just he just looks like such a nice yeah. guy. That's yeah. what I meant to say. <laughs> that's the that's the great thing about disc golf too that we we didn't really talk about though is that like the professionals that in disc golf right now are so much more accessible than any other sport, and yeah. they're they're more normal guys. And so yeah, you do kind of like people for their personality, or dislike them as we talked about <laughs> Kyle Klein. Talking about you, Kyle. Um, <laughs> for me for me alexander was me and him were kind of talking about this i think but like for me it's nico castro like <laughs> yeah <he's> just, <laughs> talk about a guy who just like a great game but i don't i don't think i could be friends with him like off the course so i mean one waco the thing is, yeah. uh, he wins waco but then he comes out in waco and is like post game waco interviews like i'm gonna be here the rest <laughs> get used to this <laughs> And then the only reason why he still stays in the top 10 is because he goes and wins a bunch of like B tiers and C tiers and local courses and just shreds up well, all these like yeah. noobs and is able to stay in the top ranked players. And even though he does pitifully in actual like major events, he's but, like a consistent like top 20 guy, but he's yeah. not like, you know, winning <laughs> but he hung out there in the top, like top 10 for a while in, in PDGA rating this past oh, yeah, year. Oh, yeah, ratings, you're right. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, tournaments. Oh, like, yeah, and tournament-wise, yeah, he finished top 20. Yeah. But he has the arrogance of, like, a top five, yeah. like, yeah. winning every time. My goodness. Yeah, that's so. that's funny. And that's why, like, I love Calvin is because, like, Calvin is hilarious. Man, he but he don't, have to let, <laughs> he don't have to let you know he's great. Like, he just yeah. goes and does it. and He just is, like, just relaxed all the time. So like Never gets rattled, nothing. And so that's that's what's cool is that in disc golf, there's no – they don't go to the sidelines. Like, it's very – you get to see their emotions and, and their reactions. And, um, yeah, Jomez does a great job with all, with all that stuff, too, is showing you that. So – that that'll be next weekend for for people who actually want to try to check that out. Not not so not starting. I think it may start on Thursday. Yeah, so a week from today is when that'll start. All right. Any other y'all got anything else on the pro tour? Any other players we missed who we might want to talk about, or are we good? No, all right. I'm excited. I'm really really excited to see all the new pros with their new companies. Yes. Right. That's what I'm probably most excited to watch for in Las Vegas Challenge is just like seeing all these new guys throwing new discs and like seeing what's because a lot of their bags have not been released yet mm -hmm. so like it's mysteries like you know like a few discs that they're going to be thrown but like i am very intrigued to see what everyone's going to be throwing yeah so yeah. i mean i'm interested to see if we see like somebody who wasn't doing as well with one brand like all of a yeah. sudden really like start doing better and see if like if the brand That'd change was huge for sure. and I, yeah. I think like well we're, we could see that with like a mason ford like alexander was talking about like if yeah. if somebody like that um all right well, we're gonna close today by doing uh you know i try to do something fun and this is what we're gonna do we're gonna play disc golf favorites and i have five questions that we're going to talk about some things we've probably already mentioned some things we may not have but we're going to start with favorite disc so alexander we'll start with you if you had to throw one disc for the rest of your life or i guess it can just be one disc to own you know what's that what's that disc in your bag uh all day the dynamic disc judge um it was one of the first discs i i it came in my little starter pack and since then i have probably accrued probably literally 20 judges like it is a great disc to throw it's it, get, it makes me a more confident player i like it for forehand rollers i like it for forehands i like it for backhands um i get it with different plastics so i can putt with it or i can just throw it it is 
It is an everything disc, and if you're a new player, I'd highly recommend you go get a judge, or I'll, I'll gift you one. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It changes every week for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm not even kidding. It depends on the yeah. day and just how I'm doing. Uh, currently, like at the moment, either the Harp, Westside Discs Harp, um, but probably what we just edged out right now because I've been feeling really good with it lately is the Westside Disc Stag, which is a fairway driver. Um, I love the Stag so very much. <laughs> um, it's just easy distance out of a fairway, man. That thing is the glidiest disc I have ever seen. Beautiful turnover shots. It flips up really nicely, and it just goes and goes and goes. Yeah. Uh, I think it technically has a six glide, and, and I believe that <laughs> to the mic. I don't know. I was interested me throw. That thing just goes. It doesn't want to quit. Um, yeah. So probably the stack will be my favorite right now. Yeah, that's good. And, and this uh, this will kind of maybe maybe I should have arranged the questions differently because I don't want to give away my next one. But for me, I love throwing mid ranges and putters. And so the I've kind of had different variations of this type of disc in my bag. Yeah, but yeah. now for me, it's the the Dismania Origin. I love just throwing like I, I gotta be careful because I'm getting into the next one. But like throwing that straight <laughs> shot where you know is it like, the minus one one yeah minus one one yeah. so just like your typical like buzz but it's it's more understable yeah. than a buzz and you know you can throw it on a hyzer it's just gonna hold throw it on an anhyzer it's gonna hold so that's that's what i love about a, a, the disc like that is you can throw it for any shot if my second one would probably be just because of its usefulness is like you were saying like a zone or a harp yep. just because you can forehand backhand make it do whatever you want and it's fun to throw that on different angles so um that's what's great is, you know, some people like throwing distance drivers and throwing distance. Some people like throwing putters in mid-ranges. And, uh, you know, if for me, I'm a weakling, so that's probably why I don't <laughs> like distance drivers in fairways as much. So, but, yeah, interesting. Um, all right, this kind of gets into what we were just talking about, and we may just say the exact same thing. But we'll start with you, Charlie. What's your favorite shot shape to throw? If you could pick any comfortable shot shape, what would it be? Eyes are flip. Now, and that's – only, it's it's recently become a, a very big part of my bag because like if when I first started there was no chance I was getting a disc to flip unless it was like the most understable disc that's ever been made also beat in mm-hmm. but like ever since I've been able to kind of get that down ah oh man I love throwing I, there's something about when a disc comes out of your hand it just flips up flat and it just goes and kind of goes a little to the right and comes back I just man it's very satisfying it's a very yeah. satisfying throw no that's the prettiest so. shape in disc golf no doubt. What about you, so, Well, uh, Charlie encouraged me to learn the highs and flips, so I've yeah. learned that, and I, I really enjoy that throw. But coming from an ultimate background, my throw, my shot shape leans more towards just a general hyzer. So that's my favorite shot shape. I, I'm able to throw that better than any other shot um, and just have it crash down very consistently left. So it's, yeah. it's plain, but it, it gets the job done. Hey. <laughs> Ain't nothing like watching a big hyzer. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, for me, Charlie hit it right on the head. Like I used to be able to do this, like when I first started playing, and I, maybe it's because I was using like worse discs that were actually my weight. <laughs> but like, yeah, the the hyzer flip, like to turn, is like the most fun shot to throw, uh, because you get to actually see like the disc fly like it's supposed to and yeah. like you're like i did that and um <laughs> that's what's cool now the, yeah. but the problem is is i'm not great at it anymore so like i i think like for me like most comfortable it'd probably be like a, a shot with a putter that you kind of flex throw a little anheuser putter yeah. shot and i'm really comfortable letting it release anheuser out of my hand so that's for me and, and that's what's so cool is that you can kind of 
you know, tailor your shot selection, your disc around what's most comfortable. And so there's sure. a lot of different ways, a lot of different Man, ways to yeah. skin a cat, as they say. And that's I went through a big all. flex putter phase. <laughs> yeah, it was about it was last year when we played Trilogy Challenge. When was that? Was that May? Was it June? Yeah. It was in the summer. I remember being hot. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was April. I don't know. I definitely, I went through a big flex putter phase. <laughs> yeah. I remember our friend Parker every time would be like flex putter shot, and I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of it, a lot those. of it's based on form too. So you know, like yeah. you're saying, you improve your form, you start start realizing maybe I need to throw some different shots. Um. All right. So let's move on to talking about Pro Tour a little a little differently. Uh, we mentioned a lot of the players, but you know, I think one thing that's always been really cool to me about watching is the design of courses. So, if you had to play one pro tour course, what would you most like to play? I will start with you, Alexander. Yeah, uh, this is pretty recent. I so watching Worlds again. I really enjoyed the fort. Uh, I know I would shoot a plus Looks fifty-seven. Like a oh on yeah, course. I know I would shoot a plus fifty-seven. <laughs> yeah, but like there are some things like I think particularly hole two. I think I could get it there. So you know, yeah. it's like, but I, I also think it's just a really cool wooded course, and it forced it forced a lot of players not to just yank it five hundred feet, but yeah. you have to pick your shot. You have to throw a bunch of different stuff. So I I really I think I would enjoy that one. I or I would try to enjoy. it. <laughs> And yeah, that's you, got, a, you having fun, man. Yeah, have yeah. fun. Just gotta go out there and have fun. <laughs> that one's so cool because it's unlike any other wooded course yeah. in the aesthetic, like the views of the mountains. But it's also like you're in the woods, but it's not like a forest. It's almost like woods in like the middle of a desertish. Like it's yeah, it's yeah. kind of a cool like oasis looking thing. Utah, so baby. yeah, you just it's beautifully really describe Utah. You're in the woods, but also in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> that's uh, literally go visit national yeah. parks. That's pretty much what that's a plug for. Um, yeah. All right, Charlie, what, what would yours be? Oh, Maple Hill. I always, um, for sure. That's like ever since like the first year I ever watched the Pro Tour. I think the MVP Open might have been the first like thing I ever watched. It was like a 2018 MVP mm-hmm. Open. And I was like, man, like hole one has to be one of the most beautiful holes in disc golf when you're going over the, the Christmas tree farm. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I'm a big Christmas fan in general. So playing a disc golf course, going over a Christmas tree farm is cool. And then it's like, you have some open, but then you have some very technical woods. Then you have to go over water, and then you're back into even more technical woods, and then you're back open again. I don't know. I just I, beautiful course. Yeah, would also probably play terribly, lose a lot of discs. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. it would take me seven shots yeah. to get over that lake. I, yeah, there'd be a lot of discs in the water. Even the I can't remember the little downhill through the woods, the yeah. little short one. Just impossible. I'm, there's a hundred percent. I'm going over the basket <laughs> into the water. <laughs> Yeah, no speaking doubt. of that, yeah, Same. go watch uh, go watch Simon Lazat's video. Yeah, the Ace video. Yeah, I mean, like that. Yeah. He looked like he wanted to cry after, <laughs> after that. He lost so many <laughs> just onto the ice. So that was yeah. the best part. It was like they're not in the water. They're yeah, just he couldn't do anything about it. Two, yeah. three hundred feet away, just sitting on ice. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, what? Yeah. And I think what we've kind of um, pinpointed here is that you know. There's people's preferences for playing, but beautiful aesthetic wise, like woods golf yeah, is, sure. is the best. So. I don't want to go the same as you. Maple Hill would be amazing. Like I, that's definitely one of my top ones. And I, I guess like I'm gonna cheat here and say, have two different ones. The one I think that I could play at the best that actually is is like I would have a chance to birdie some holes is Idlewild. I love yeah. the way that course is designed. It's but what's cool about that one is is that because of the the tightness of it, you don't see the pros ever shooting 18 under. But also, like, there's holes where I could birdie. Like, it's yeah. 250 feet, and you just have to hit a gap. 
And so I think that one, but also if we're going like one, I would just want to go walk and watch. I think GMC for me, like it's so pretty and up there in Vermont. Yeah, that's pretty. And I would take either course smugglers, not, or no, that's the resort uh, Brewster Ridge or Fox, uh, Fox run meadows. And they're actually going to yeah. have worlds there next year too. So that's going to be really cool to see as well, but there's so many pretty ones. And that's what I think like makes it so much different from golf is like, there's some iconic golf courses, but like you're not, you can see like the nature unlike any other in, in disc golf courses. And I think hopefully yeah. there's more and more coming. Uh, one I'll throw in that's not on the pro tour, but I think we're going to see, and I don't know if y'all have seen any videos of it is the one that has just been built out in Missouri. Eagles landing. Eagles landing. Yeah. Gorgeous. Millions of dollars like poured into oh, that yeah. just for disc golf. And I think we're going to see that host the world. Yeah. So that one that was, they, they put as much money and time as they would into an actual, like into a golf course. Yeah. Into a disc golf course, and man, so, it is pretty. Yeah. So disc golf trip, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to go. Yeah. See that one at one point. If you're in Alabama and you want, it's not that good, but of course, if someone's put a lot of money into and it's very nice, would be, um, uh, what's it in Kudzu uh, Cove? Kudzu Coves. Yeah, in uh, northeast Alabama. Yeah. It's a privately owned course, but it's free. Um, that's the closest thing to something like that that we have in the state. <laughs> Very, very pretty, very well maintained yeah. course, but not not Eagles Landing, but it's nice. Just don't go so. uh, looking for disc in the water. Oh, don't get in the water! <laughs> don't get in the water. If you throw a disc in the water, <laughs> let it stay. Yeah, we, that's it's gone. We won't explain don't try that to get one, it. but a little bit of insight. Another joke podcast for another day. Yeah, <laughs> fun <All right>. sports <laughs> stories. All right, uh, all right. Well, we got two more questions. We've kind of already talked about this, but uh, I guess I'll phrase it differently than I have it. I had it written down. But if you had to play around with one player, who would that be for you, Charlie? Uh, if I had to play around with a player, well, it would be Nate Sexton. You can say who's your favorite player, I guess, too. But, yeah, who's your favorite yeah. player slash play around with? So my favorite player to watch uh, would probably be probably Ricky. Um would probably be my favorite player to watch. But the player that I want to like – and it's funny because I used to hate Ricky Wysocki, and I don't know why <laughs> – uh, and, I, and I started liking him this past year before he was with Trilogy and was with Innova. I just like – he like really grew on me for some yeah. reason. And I found out from some people that met him that apparently he's really nice. Um, but if I had to play around with somebody, it would be Nate Sexton. Yeah. For sure. That'd, he'd Old be Pappy cool. Sexton. I feel like he's just a fun guy. Cracks some jokes. Have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And he's one of those like – he's not like – he wouldn't – I feel like make you feel like man. Yeah, just, he wouldn't shame me yeah. for being the level that I'm at. Well, and I also yeah. mean like he yeah. doesn't do anything forehand yeah. wise. He throws like insanely good forehands, but he yeah, doesn't he does do like anything athletically that you're like, man, I'm so embarrassed right now. Like that's what yeah. He just kind of actually was a guy that I'm like, if he can do this, yeah, then I can too. And I don't mean that in the media, like. But that dude, you look at him, he's an average guy, but he can throw a 400 foot forehand. Yeah, and it's like if he can do that, then I can. Like, so no yeah yeah that's great all right alexander your turn uh so breaking it down like you let's see i probably my favorite player i would honestly have to say Philo Brathwaite. um he <laughs> yeah. got me into the sport the albatross he had a year's back it was the coolest shot mm-hmm. the blind shot all that stuff so and i've watched a lot of his tutorial videos and he's just a really good coach and so he's not the he's not on the leaderboards. He won LVC a couple years ago. He's not really on the leaderboards though, and he's kind of moved up to Masters Cup and stuff like that. But he was a, he's a really solid player. Really like him a lot. 
if I was going to play around, I'd probably play with James Conrad just because on coverage, like he's the most encouraging person. When he's yeah. mic'd up, you always hear him. Good shot, man. Good <laughs> shot. Good shot. He'll go and give you a hash- high five, all that stuff. So it's just like, I need that type of cheering up. Yeah. That's why I really don't play by myself anymore because I will beat myself up mentally the yeah. whole time. Like I, I'm the worst person. I don't deserve life. But, you know, so having someone like that, he's like, you know, good shot, man. Yeah. Just go to the next shot. It's like, I would appreciate that. He also seems like somebody that'd be like just really cool to like watch. Like, well, I mean, they all are, but he throws shots that no other player throws because he doesn't throw forehands. So it's like you see some of his shapes. It's like, man, that's that's really impressive. So that's one reason. The sad part is he can still throw a forehand better than like us. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you watch him throw a forehand primary, but he actually can throw a forehand. He just doesn't, and he can still throw a better one than me. You watch him throw a forehand, you're like, I mean, he's not bad. It's just yeah, his backhand is so like, good. Why, why isn't that a part of your bag? But he doesn't have to have it as a part of his bag. Yeah. So, uh, I like the follow uh, too because backhand form wise, yeah, I don't know if there's any ever been anybody who has purely like go watch his form. He has some of the best form I've ever seen, and I think, like you said, just his distance and the fact that he can't throw every shot necessarily kind of caught up to him. But um, as far as yeah, backhand, he's he's up there. For me, um, favorite player to watch. I this is such a, a like I need to be better. But Paul is still like my favorite player to watch as far as like hey, every throw, every like I love he's watching players who yeah take it seriously and he can throw every shot and there's something about watching him throw backhand that's just like beautiful and um, yeah, obviously you know he's been the best in a while in a, for a long time. Favorite player that I would want to play with, and he's also up here in like watchability, is Calvin. Like I would, I would play around with Calvin every day of my life because I feel like <laughs> yeah. not only like could I talk to him about like being like tall and lanky, but he's just like <laughs> got the best sense of humor ever. Like go watch any of his videos where he's mic'd up in like a practice round; he's hilarious. So yeah, he for me, really I feel like that he he'd be my my favorite player to play with. There's so many good ones though, but uh yeah anyways all right last question i got for you today and this kind of goes along what was what we were just talking about if you had to add a specific player's ability to your game what what would that be and and i have examples here like we talked about eagles power for forehand so it's something like that uh man i would probably go with uh simon lazat and just his (laughs) arm speed yeah. Because I'm a much safer player than Simon is. So I think if you give me what Simon has, I think I would play better. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I just I, my shot shaping, like my the way That's I play so is so much safer than what he would do. So I'm much more casual. I'm much more of a, I try to play for par more often than not. So I just think that I would play better if you gave me that. I think yeah. Simon's a great player, though. He's one of my, no, one of my yeah. Favorites. Well, and I think, uh, yeah, you're right. Simon obviously has had injury problems, so I think that's hindered him recently. But he, we've I've talked about a lot of videos. See who I watch on YouTube. But he did a video with Paul where like he Paul caddied for him, and Simon was like, "Is this how this comp is supposed to be played?" Like he was telling <laughs> he him, shot like eighteen under. Yeah, yeah. He shot it's like if he tried to throw conservatively, sometimes he'd be the best player in the world. But um, <laughs> anyways, all right, Charlie, your turn, man. This year is probably not the best example because it was a little down, but like historically, probably Paul McBeth's putting 
Because, mm. like, and just in terms of, like, clutch putting, like, mm. more specifically, where it's, like, you're never worried about, like, him missing a putt. And I want to know what's in his mind. Like, does he walk up to a 70-foot where he's laying on the ground? He's like, oh, this is cash. Like, this is easy. Because <laughs> he makes it look easy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, like, he's like at a, at, a, at a far out, like, completely on the ground, on his knees, 70 feet away, just full body layout. For and sure. it goes in with, mm-hmm. with just absolutely mm-hmm. no effort. The just, one that kills me is, like... He'll miss like he'll, yeah. he misses yeah. the one. It hits the band. It rolls down further, further and then he and just then walks, he just walks, walks up to over it, and bang. cashes. It's like yeah. 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 I was going to bring that up. Yeah, he is the yeah, best. If I, I wish I could putt like that. There, the best putter in the world is Paul McBeth. Angry because <laughs> yeah, he he yeah. he does it more than any player too. I feel bad for him. He'll miss it and barely, and it'll roll like a hundred feet. And then he, I've never seen him miss the comebacker yeah. like ever. Yeah. And that's what's so insane about him is that like you were saying. He may not be the best putter, like necessarily in the circle all the time, but he can make any putt. Like he looks yeah. at, and I would and just like under like his ability under pressure for me is like yeah. the big part. Like man, like when the moment's on, like goodness, I feel like if James Conrad drains a throw in, right, and he laid up, but he still had like a fifteen foot putt he had to make. Yeah. There's no way that fifteen puts going in for me. Like I would have just conceded and been like, "All right, I'm not even going to play the playoff hole." <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alexander, you've seen me putt recently. It's been when I get in my head, I can't make anything outside of fifteen feet. It's not going in. Yeah. Really, anything outside ten feet is not going in. When I like when I'm when I'm in my head, like it's just like it's very discouraging. It is. Yeah. It's rough. It's it's a rough. Well, time. putting is. I but, mean, it's like this in golf too. But it is. It's yeah. so like so it's so like in your head and yeah. Tip, we didn't but, talk about this tips for beginners, but putting is different than throwing. Um, once again, just go look yeah, that up. Yeah. But you go be a good putter before you're a good thrower because yeah, that'll save 100%. you strokes is knowing how to putt. So, yeah. If you're like, serious about it, I would recommend investing in a basket. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think but, we all have gotten one of those. So, yeah, we're serious. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. It's just, yeah, I wish. I wish I could be as clutch as that. Yeah. Maybe someday. For me, it's it's hard because like if I had to have like one ability, I don't know what would help my game the most. But I guess what I would want is we've talked about it, but I want to be able to throw like a, a backhand like Calvin every time. Like yeah. he never misses a backhand ever, and it's like go like Ledgestone was the hardest course this year by far. Go watch his. I think it's I think it's second round coverage uh, of that. He's on Chase Card on Gatekeeper Media. He shot seven under with a triple bogey um, on that course. And, like, his, he did not miss a single backhand except for the hole that he triple bogeyed on. And just – I think that's what makes him so impressive is that he throws the same shot every single time to perfection. And that's what I wish I could do is because I'm so inconsistent is one day it's there and one day it's not. Right. And so, well, we've talked about consistency across the board, but I think that's just what I would want the most is somebody like him to have that – Consistent backhand. Um, anyways. All right. Sorry I don't have any more questions. We can talk about it all day, but that's all I got. Yeah. I know we've ran a little long anyways as well, but it's been fun talking to y'all. Thank you so much for coming on, and I, I've so much enjoyed it. Um, all right. I will say I'm going to give you an opportunity right here to, to plug a little bit. Um, I'm not the only one on this uh, podcast right now who, who owns a channel, I guess. I don't know what to call it, who hosts one. <laughs> So obviously I've talked about this at the beginning, but, um, for me, uh, you know, faith is a big part of my life and it really is important to me. Uh, you know, obviously religion. And so 
Alexander and Charlie use their podcast for better. I don't want to say better purposes, but it's probably a lot more worth listening to than talking about disc golf. So just, you know, talk about real quick about what, what your podcast is called and what it's about. Well, God is glorifying sports too. So let's yeah, make that clear. Sure. Um, but yes, Charlie and I host a podcast called the Pilgrim song. Uh, we recently finished our first year and it was a lot of fun. We got to cover a lot of really cool topics and go deep and and address that so the podcast will be returning in just this next month in march uh so we'll be very very excited to get back to it um and we just really focus on you know kind of addressing cultural issues that are going on within the church outside the church we've reacted to a couple of youtube videos and and dressed and touched on that our last episode we reacted to some tiktoks and memes (laughs) and stuff like that so we we try to have a lot of fun but we also really want to stay scriptural and biblical but also give you a little bit of insight into our lives and how we think your favorite interracial friends oh yes about (laughs) about jesus (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no i I think y'all do a really good job of um of talking about things in a way that everyone can understand and it's not just you know the take that we always hear on things and you're talking about real issues like you said so that's if you haven't learned anything from this episode it's that you have two homework assignments in the next two weeks and that's get into disc golf and watch uh the first tournament of the year on joe miss bro and then after that the next week go listen to alexander and charlie's podcast once again it's called the pilgrim song um and you know they they really enjoy doing that it's really fun to listen to and really you know beneficial to listen to well, thank you so much, guys, for coming on today. Uh, hopefully, we'll thank have you for having us. Uh, maybe, maybe when Worlds comes up, we'll have <clears throat> another kind of discussion on that, or we'll, maybe we'll we'll talk about maybe some of the pre- predictions we we've, we've had on this show and see how players are doing. But thank you so much for coming on today. Absolutely, let's get out and play, man. Come on. Hey, <laughs> I, it's been a while. I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, but y'all went out the other day and played and didn't invite me. That's oh. true. <laughs> <laughs> we did. <laughs> Yeah, so y'all heard it here. They, they, don't, I'm not good enough anymore to play with Alexander. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm joking. No, I'm our joking. scores would not would tell you the opposite. Yeah, no. Well, hey, that's another thing too is that it's like golf in that aspect is that if you want to be good, you got to keep at it. So, yep. like anything in life. But thank y'all so much for coming on. Seriously, I, and I'm, I'm, it's fine. I, I, for what, what I just said, but we'll have to have you on again soon. It's okay. They, yeah. Thanks you everybody. Get shade on us. It's all right. No, it's okay. Thank you Thank so much you for, for listening, us. everybody. Yeah, yeah of course. Much. And um, mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed talking about disc golf. Maybe we'll talk about some more sports or, or things like that that we don't get to hear about because I do think we're in a we're in a time where a lot of sports are going to get a, uh, the ability to grow that haven't. So once again, thank you so much for listening, and, and we'll see you next time.